sort of omens come to my hand. I, Lion-O, command it. Hi, this is Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O from the original Thundercats series, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An Elegant Weapon for a more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. gentlemen welcome to an elegant weapon episode 138 my name is jay the jedi ross please excuse me while i flick my pick properly engaged welcome back kids it's good to have you here for another fun episode of an elegant weapon podcast this week in the L5J studios, I welcome my very good friend, comic book writer Anthony Rutgazer. Anthony and I talk about his volume two for The First Hero from Action Lab. We also discuss a few of his other projects, including Heroes of Homeroom C and his other career as a professional wrestler. That's right, kids. Anthony has been wrestling for years you might recognize the name anthony kingdom james that's right the kingdom is what he wrestles under this year he is currently embarking on his farewell tour that's right he'll be hanging up his tights in order to solely work on the creating of comic books so we yabber on about all those good times also discussed we go on a little bit about jason mamoa and the released Aquaman picture that's got everybody in a tizzy, including me. I'm a seriously, I'm in a serious tizzy over this picture. It's pretty, pretty badass. So we talk about that and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff, including, of course, the wars. Uh, quite a little bit of an in-depth argument we get into about the Star Wars state, which is always a good time. So please roll one up. Pack one tight, do what you need to do, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation this week with Mr. Anthony Rutgazer. Yo. Yo, what is happening, brother? I'm sitting here 
tooling around Twitter and fucking listening to Howard Stern and blah, blah, blah. That's exciting times. You having a day? I try to keep it fucking up tempo <laughs> at all times. You know, <laughs> I want I want to leave behind a legacy of excitement. Well, it must be nice that you finally reached the point in your life where you don't feel guilty about taking some downtime. No. Oh, I feel very guilty about it. <laughs> I feel very guilty. I got four projects I should be writing for right now, and I got a webcomic I should be drawing. And I'm sitting here, lean back in my chair, scratching my huge manly testicles. <laughs> and I, I hope you're recording all this. I'm totally recording all this. Okay, and uh, huge, huge ladies... They're awesome. And uh, doing nothing. I should be doing something. Oh, man, you've been doing enough. I think you deserve a break from here and there, you know. <laughs> I should be doing more. You can always be doing more. You have like, four books on the go right now? Um, yeah. Damn. Sort of. <laughs> I've got First Hero, which I need to complete my rewrite on issue eight. And this is volume two, right? Volume two. I call it, depending on on, on uh, how I launch into a sentence, I either call it issue eight or volume two, issue four, or vol or issue four. It's it the it's the eighth issue of the comic. So what are you gonna uh, have on the chapter? It's chapter eight. That's what I should be calling it because in the on the credits page for the issue for each issue. It's going to say the chapter now, which reminds me, I have to add that in. <laughs> well, what does it say on the cover? Um, number one, because it's it has a it has the subtitle. Right. It's okay. So it's whatever number one. So it's it's yeah. it's uh it's the first hero fight for your life number one. Okay. Mm -hmm. But. Um, it's the fifth issue. Of, you know, that's why I'm saying it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's nebulous. Um, so I've got the first hero. Um, I've got, uh, Heroes of Homeroom C, which, uh, we took a break on putting new pages on the website so that we could build up a surplus because we didn't have a surplus. It was very hand to mouth for the first few weeks. And uh, I wanted a surplus. So <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny that you just said that because the reason that we're podcasting right now uh -huh. <laughs> is because I've been trying to stick to this Thursday release schedule. Yeah. And I'm like, oh fuck, it's Wednesday. I haven't recorded anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's well, home? Who's home right now? <laughs> yeah. Well, I went through that with uh, with the you know the the Hanser Genius Club a lot. I mean, there was. There were some people that it was like, okay, here's the plan, and this is when we're going to record. I'll call you next week <clears throat> and have it planned out and then call them and nowhere to be found. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then sometimes it would be like I'd wake up on a Wednesday and be headed to TJ's to record and think to myself, oh, man, I haven't prepared a damn thing. <laughs> That's also an added – chore on top is that you actually went to a different location to podcast for the first for the first 40 episodes yeah i i recorded uh i recorded in a studio before i started doing it myself 
That must be fun, though. That's something I'd like to try. Yeah, it was fun, but I mean, it was also, uh, and this is no offense to, you know, the people that helped me do it, it was also, you know, friggin' expense. Yeah. Uh, you know, but that was, yeah, I was being pretty highfalutin about it. <laughs> and I, I, you know, in the end, I didn't need to be. Now, see, here's, this is a perfect example. I was talking to, uh, to a friend of mine last night about how, um, you know, I tried to relaunch the, the podcast last year and then uh, immediately family stuff uh, ate every second of my free time for several months. And um, and I should I, I really, you know, at some point I should I should make an effort and, and relaunch the podcast. I could have been doing that right now, sitting here. I could have I could have <laughs> my podcast and called you and said, what are you doing? Uh, but I'm not. Well, you also put structure on yourself, though. You always did the type of show that you kind of had to be prepared for, you know. I yeah. don't really, I don't often put that on myself. So. Well, that's you know because I actually, the whole reason I started the, the 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 podcast was because I wanted to get back into radio and to broadcast, you know, like terrestrial radio, and and I hadn't turned on a mic to do anything except announce a stripper's name for years. <laughs> and I mean, I can't really go on 1050 Chum and say, hey, next <laughs> coming to the radio, it's Lady Gaga. <laughs> She's going to show your tits. Which I mean is all perfectly true about Lady Gaga. Coming to but, the dial. Uh, coming to the dial up next. <laughs> yeah, not exactly the uh, professional standard that they're looking for probably. Um Dude, and they, I mean, they had hired they hired Fred Kennedy. What do you got against Fred, man? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just joking. But oh, <laughs> Fred doesn't exactly have the most radio esque voice, is all I'm saying. You know what I mean? No, but it wasn't about voice. It was it was purely about um, technique and content, and you know, can I still do it? Because I I've been up for uh, when I was still. It's been years since I have, but uh, when I was still applying for actual radio jobs. I came close to getting a job in Kelowna, BC. I would have been doing an afternoon talk show. Uh, and they ended up promoting somebody from within the station. And, uh, and I, afterwards I thought about it. I, I thought, you know, I'm going to go in there and do two, three hours a day. I mean, when was the last time I did anything like that? So, uh, I mean, that's how the podcast came to be. And I, I, but you know, it, it's one of those things. Maybe, maybe next year I'll take another stab at it. But would you uh, have moved to Kelowna if you got it. Well, I would have had to. Well, I, I don't know. Some people you can send recordings over. No, no, no. no. This now, was, you know, this was they were. <laughs> no, this is a local station. It, it, it's you know, it's somebody on the ground, and I think right. that's uh, that might be part of the reason I, I you know that they ended up choosing somebody who was there, they don't have to deal with, you know, a guy coming halfway across the continent and, uh, and expecting help. Relocation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Expecting help getting acclimated. You know, when you take Tammy from sales or, and I, I use a woman's name because I know it was a woman that they ended up, a girl from the station they ended up hiring, uh, you know, Susie who does the weather on the morning show, you know, uh, Susie already knows Kelowna. They're not, <laughs> they're not. Susie has an apartment. You know, 
They're not worried about Susie being late because I don't know how the buses work in Kelowna, man. <laughs> Susie uh, probably isn't going to go on a rant about, you know, in Toronto this wouldn't have happened because we're civilized. So they had somebody, they had somebody familiar, they had somebody that they knew. Well, it but, makes sense. Uh, you know, you've yeah. ended up, you know, making your rounds here, though. I mean, um, I wanted to ask you about this is a like you're so into the comic making now and yeah. everything's starting to like streamline. You've decided that as far as your professional wrestling career, you're kind of on your goodbye tour right now. Are you? Not? Yeah, this is this is the, the road to the rocking chair. Um, I'm going to be I you know, I was originally going to uh, retire last year and um I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a couple of things that are gonna hurt some people's feelings, and I hope they're not hurt. But, um, yeah, because they're listening. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, but yeah, they we, might. We put stuff on put stuff on the Twitter machine and on the book of faces, and people listen. Uh, hey, man, you don't do this because nobody's listening. <laughs> so, um, but last year I was gonna uh, I, I was gonna retire. I, I I figured I think November I was gonna be done, and um, after in April I did a show in Toronto, a charity event called Fight for Cancer. Um, uh, one of the promotions I was working for, Fight Brand, is uh, headed up by uh, uh, wrestling named Ashley Six, and uh, Six had taken like a year and a half off of wrestling because. He had developed cancer and fought it and come back. And this was his first show back. And it, he uh, he put on a, a benefit show for the people of Princess Margaret who had helped him, uh, you know, recovering from cancer. And it was a great show. And I, um, uh, I did the intros for the stable I, I was uh, leading up, managing at that point. It was me. Brent Banks and uh, Alex Vega, and we were known as the Gorilla Army. And uh, you know, with the with the people that were coming in to to headline this show, I thought, okay, we have to steal this show somehow. And and the video's online. I'll give you the link for it. You can post it with this uh, episode. Right uh, I did a four minute intro for the three of us where I basically, like a carnival barker, I just talked about us in the most glowing of terms, and it was quite comical. <laughs> and it got, it got interest. And suddenly my phone was ringing with a bunch of other promoters saying, we'd like you to come in. And it was, you know, it was this great renewed interest. So at that point, um, I started uh, wrestling for, uh, I was wrestling for Fight Brand and for, uh, Victory Commonwealth, and I started work for and doing your own promotion as well. And doing my own, the union, yeah. yeah. Uh, and at that point, I started working for Fringe Pro, for Steel City, for Alpha One. Um, I I got booked, and I can't even remember the name of the group. I got booked in Quebec, uh, XICW in Detroit wanted me to come back, and I ended up. Um, Towards the end of the year, as I it was it was around that same time I decided you know because of the comic book stuff I'm going to call it a day. I needed time back. Sure. I needed time back to work on the on, on the comic book. Um, and uh, as uh, towards the end of the year, I uh, I started uh, I canceled some bookings. I stopped taking new bookings, and then I. Uh, 
finished up my run for uh, like you know four of the six promotions I was with. I, I closed the union down. I finished with Fringe Pro. I finished with Steel City. I finished with uh, VCW. Even took off my mask at VCW, and um, and I was prepared to be done with Fight Brand. I think I told Ash that uh, the the annual uh, late October zombie wrestling show was going to be my last show, and all I was going to do was f- finish out this year with alpha one. And I think the plan was like for, you know, for five shows and I figured for five days next year, you know, 2015, that's fine. Uh, and then Ash gave me the business about, look, you're, you're, you're working for them. You're going to keep working for me. Right. And we talked about, at first I was ready to let him down easy, but we talked about it and I ended up, uh, agreeing, to, to carry on with what is now fight brand closed down and it's now called super kicked and uh, super Kicked is a fantastic new promotion. And I'll tell you what, I'm glad I, uh, I'm glad I stuck it out. And it you know, but it's amazing. Now here's the part that's going to hurt people's feelings. Uh, so super kicked is running a lot. And, uh, you know, one or two a month, which is, you know, really, that's a lot, yeah. uh, you know, for one, you know, for one independent. Um, and especially at the start of their, their, their reign of terror, um, alpha one, uh, I think they're actually going to end up running, you know, they might end up running six or seven this year. I'm not sure. Um, and those are both really really high-end uh, independent promotions, okay? Right. There's, uh, they book great talent. They, uh, the, the shows are really incredibly well run. Uh, the, you know, big crowds and enthusiastic crowds. And, um, and I'm in, in both, I am in uh, rather high-profile spots on their roster. Um, with some of the other groups that I was wrestling for, it's not a matter of them, um, you know, not valuing me or not paying me well, because I was getting paid really well, you know, that kind of thing. But, uh, (laughs) I was more apt to be sitting in the locker room at one of those shows on a Sunday going, oh man. I really should be working on a comic book. <laughs> right, I hear you. As opposed to, you know, I just did two days worth of shows for uh, Super Kicked and for Alpha One, and like couldn't have been more excited to be there. Uh, like fun. <laughs> yeah, really, really fun. And then on top of that, on Sunday night, uh, Sunday in the middle of the show, I checked my email and had three fantastic emails arrive all at the same time. Uh, a, a brand new finished page from Carlos Granda for Heroes of Homeroom C. Nine pages of layouts from uh, my new artist, Neil Collier, for the new book I'm working on, Blood and Ashes. And uh, then an email from Action Lab uh, reminding me of the due date for the solicitation material 
for issue five, for, you know, volume two, issue one of the first hero. So it was like, I checked these three emails all at once, and it was like, this is fantastic. You know, this is why it's the greatest weekend ever. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I've got I've got just the right amount of wrestling right now, maybe a little more than I expected. Well, what's this team uh, you got going right now? Because it looks oh, like a good uh, vibe. Like, you got, like, you know, presence. Well, I'll, okay. In, in Super Kicked, um, the Gorilla Army has... The Gorilla Army ended with Fight Ran, and and a new thing was born with Super Kicked, and we're now called All Black Everything. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just amazing. Now it's it's me. Except you have an Asian like girl manager, don't you? Yeah. So no, listen, hold on. <laughs> so it's me. It's Brent Banks. It's it's Tarek. Alex Vega has changed his ring name. He now goes by Tarek, and with the fantastic new Twitter uh, handle of Tarek hates you. <laughs> and uh, I changed my Twitter handle at the same time. It was within a couple of days we had this discussion. He, Tarek, and I. Uh, I changed my Twitter handle from Wrestlers Union because it, you know, I closed the promotion down. Right. And if you're another promoter, you know it. it, it did make sense to continue promoting that brand when you have to talk about me on Twitter. Right. Uh, I changed my Twitter handle to my name is kingdom. <laughs> um, and Jade Chung, uh, who's the girl you're mentioning became available. Jade had, Jade had been in wrestling about a decade ago and she spent some time with ring of honor and she did a lot of independence and she was great. And then, uh, you know, much like what's happening to me right now, other real-world concerns came up, other opportunities, and she left wrestling. And uh, so she decided that, you know, she wanted to dabble again. And uh, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull back the curtain here. Um, the promoter said to me in a conversation... Um, Jade Chung is coming in. I don't know what I'm going to do with her. And I, just, he didn't barely finish the sentence. I said, put her with us, put her with us, put her with us. And, uh, we talked to Jade about it and she joined the group and all black, everything is complete. She is a fantastic addition to our group presentation. Yeah. Your vibe. Totally. Absolutely. And yeah. she's, She's been a terrific spark. And I've only seen pictures. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, there's going to be some video online soon. Cool. Uh, I've, uh, she's been a terrific spark in uh, just updating how the three of us do our thing. Um, and, uh, and I, I you know, um, couldn't be happier that I was in the right place at the right time to say, you know, Jade, join us. Yeah, we'll take the hot chick. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The hot chick who doesn't mind smacking the taste out of your mouth. <laughs> Just the way you like it. <laughs> yeah. So how many shows do you think you'll do this year? Like, how many you got left till you're, like, totally done? I've got, uh... Mm, you know, that's it, it, it's hard to say because I, I only have... 
Uh, I only have a tentative schedule up until May from both groups. Okay. But, uh, I mean, it could be, it could, between the two groups, it could be 10, 12 more. It could be 20 more. So you haven't set a date that you're like, after this date, I'm done or? There, yeah, there is a drop dead date. Okay. There is a drop dead date. Um, now the date itself isn't set in stone, but it's an annual event. So, um, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to decide whether I should say it. Eh, oh, I'm no, gonna... keep it to yourself then. Hey, I mean, you know, but it'll be announced it, when it's announced, but yeah, uh, this, this... you do have an end in sight. You're not just going to oh, play yeah, it by yeah, ear. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, like writing a story, I'd like to know how it's going to end before I start writing the beginning. Because yeah. uh, otherwise you end up with something like Lost or Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> and you break a million fucking hearts. <laughs> oh, my God. I still... Let's not honestly, get into this. Let's not honest, get into this. <laughs> hold on. I'm just going to say this. Honest to God. Now, and you know, I've been on TV talking about Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I was the biggest... I, I proselytized for that show. I waved that flag. I loved that show. But the last... And it's not even the 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 final episode was uh, was an hour is an hour and a half long. It was a two hour episode, right? An hour and a half, really, without commercials, right? Right. Uh, the second half of the finale is so horrible that I cannot watch an episode of the show. At all. That's how I am with Lost now. I cannot watch an episode of Lost ever again. Yeah. Absolutely understand where you're coming from with. And that. isn't there isn't there a little bit of a crossover between those creators? Uh, not that I'm aware. Of. I mean, there may be. Not that I'm aware of. But uh, I thought Ronald Moore worked on Lost or could something. Have, could have. Uh, but listen, I'm, I know nothing about BSG, but yeah. The point is, if you're going to create something like that. Know where the story is going. Yeah. Have an idea. Mm-hmm. Have some clue in your head. Don't just figure it. Don't, don't say, I ah, will figure it out as we go along. Kirkman does. You're, you're not. Ugh. As far as, well, I'm just saying, whether you're a fan or not, The Walking Dead, he has an end. He knows how it's supposed to end, yeah. when it's going to end. He's got yeah. a whole clear story in his head, like you're saying, you know? Yeah. yeah. If, you know, you're not, you're not making, you're not making, uh, uh, you're not making breakfast, okay? You're not just going, you're not rummaging through your, your fridge and your cupboards to see what ingredients you have and maybe maybe you put something together and it doesn't taste well. You, you, you take the products here, have an idea, know what you're doing. I hate, and I mean, it might change. Like, I have an idea where the first hero is going. I know where the first overall story arc is going. I know where the story is going. Right. And I think I know where the, I have an idea now, I've had an idea for the last few years, of where the main character's life will end up, where I'll stop telling his story. Now, if a better idea comes along between now and then, and I can change the method, then I will. But right now, sitting here, I know what's going to happen to Jake Roth. Right, so you've got... And I know why, 
And if you don't know why, all you're going to do is jerk people around for six seasons. And, <laughs> you're not just and, aimlessly walking blind through whatever. Yeah, yeah. Smoke monster. Yeah. How do you invent a smoke monster without a reason for that smoke monster? Uh, 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 see, no, we're not going to get yeah. into this. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, yeah, back to the the thing. Yeah, all black everything in Super Kicked. Uh, it's it's been fantastic. We've done two shows. And it's already, you know, it's it's already the best thing. And I, you know, like I say, the, the other promotions I was in, I, um, including my own. Let's, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying myself apart. Even the wrestlers union, I, um, it maybe it, it it wasn't it wasn't done as well as it could have been. And I'm working for two groups now where it's done as well as or better. Yeah, well, the people probably doing those promotions probably aren't also making comic books and probably aren't also doing <laughs> podcasts and no, shit. No, no. <laughs> but uh, that but one guy, the one guy on your team, uh, the guy who's pretty popular, the younger guy, I saw him get put over at the show I was at at the Rock Pile by that one guy who's moving up. Oh, uh, Brent Banks. Yeah, is that his name? He's getting popular, yeah? Tall kid. Yeah, the tall kid. And who was that yeah. who put him over at uh, at the Rock Davey Pile Richards. show? Davey Richards. And he moved on to? Uh, he's in Impact Wrestling now in TNA. Okay, all right. Cool, yeah. cool, yeah. Uh, yeah, Brent is fantastic. I'm actually, I also manage Brent in, uh, I'm in a stable with Brent in Alpha One, a different stable, which has led me to say I'm going to get a t-shirt that just says hashtag all Brent everything. Uh, wherever I go, Brent, if, if Brent had his way, I'd be coming with him to Cleveland and Chicago and man doing his mouth, being his mouthpiece there as well. Um, you guys yeah, seem to have it, him and you guys, you seem to have an old school flair of like almost that 90s attitude era more because I don't know why it's gone to what it's gone to, but I mean, I don't catch a lot of wrestling these days, but it, it seems to be not even close to the caliber that it once was. Like, I don't know what happened, but uh, I mean, it's different. Listen, what you just did there is ad admit to your audience that you're getting old. Cause sure. that's the, that's the <laughs> first thing that happens is, is stuff today isn't as good as stuff when I was young. Well, it's very eighties now. Like it's actually when I, it's more like it was when I was really young. Like now yeah. you got the, the flashier, more glamorous, stars who have more outrageous outlandish outlandish like characters than they did in the 90s so you know how the 90s was all about like you know people use their own names and it was more just being like kind of well, well the early 90s it's like the marvel the era you know and now it's like they've gone back to dc like they were in the 80s you know yeah well listen all i know is uh, as i go out there and i do my thing if people if, if people cheer me, if people boo me, it doesn't matter as long as they're making noise, as long as they're enjoying the show. And I have enough people who come up to me after shows. I'll tell you what, you want uh, <laughs> I Oh, I was going to play you some audio, but I realized I realized the audio is, uh, is kind of muddied. I actually I put a video online, um, I think Sunday night or Monday morning, of uh, part of my promo from Saturday night at Super kicked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where I uh, and I had to put subtitles on it because the the audio gets muddied with uh, with other people closer to the camera. I basically uh, 
there's some kids, and this is they were there at the first show. They came back for the second show with the, this time with their father. Um, and the the Great Hall in Toronto, the venue is called the Great Hall. It's this great theater, and it has a balcony uh, seating, a balcony seating. And uh, where the ring is set up, the balcony is relatively close. Um, yeah, I mean, you could almost, you can't quite, but you could almost reach out. If you're standing on the top rope, you can almost reach out and high-five somebody who's leaning over the balcony. Right. So there's this group of kids just, you know, uh, off to the, you know, stage right. And I'm, um, <laughs> I went out there with the, ex- with the express purpose of doing this. Like, I goaded them into yelling at me so that I could do this to them. And I basically said... I pointed at their father and I said, are you their father? Well, I hope your kids die tonight <laughs> of something simple like an infected splinter or uh, the common cold or a peanut allergy. And I hope that you live a long, sad, sorrowful life knowing that you could have had your children with you still. If you had just managed to tell them to shut up, oh, it's I, good, I'm talking. It's a good thing there's no hell, Anthony. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, I'm gonna be a star in hell. Anyways, oh, but, that's so, a dark one. All right. Well, enough about over the top. Enough about you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> enough about me. On to the things I'm doing. Well, let's get your thoughts on some things that have popped up that have to be addressed because it's okay. my fucking podcast. All right. But. Uh, I saw actually one of your Facebook statuses the other day. You're enjoying Gotham, yes? Yes, I am. I'm a little surprised by that. I wasn't enjoying it for a little while. There were a few episodes uh, early on where I was like, "Why? Why am I? Why am I watching this?" <laughs> like, I mean, is it going anywhere, or is it just going to be stupid? Right. Uh, and I I stuck with it because I'm not. A, I'm also not a big Jada Pinkett Smith fan. Nor am I. Yes, I, I think in real life that she is uh, not great, as is evidenced by the two disasters she has as children. <laughs> oh my God, what is wrong with them? Eh? <laughs> oh my God, the one kid. Now listen. Now maybe he was right. Okay, the son, uh, Jaden. Right. Maybe he was paying. All the respects to the event that it deserved. But the kid went to Kanye West and Kim Kardashian's wedding wearing a white Batman suit. <laughs> or a white Batman costume to a wedding. And like I say, it's Kim Kardashian and Kanye West's wedding. So, I mean, he could have gone in bib overalls and, uh, and, you know, uh, and, and a Tupac shirt, and it probably would have been, it probably would have been as much uh, respect as the event deserved. Come on, man, but, that kid's a mystic. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, and, and, and the, the daughter thinks she's Stephen Hawking or something. I, I don't know. Those kids are incredibly dysfunctional, and I'm sure that, Awful things will happen soon enough. And I'm not wishing awful things on them. 
Absolutely but not. Yeah, that can't I, I hope, well. yeah. Dan, I hope they get control of that rudder and pull out of that tailspin and they're able to fly right. But right now, those are two kids I'd like to smack. <laughs> um, back to the show. So I'm not... <laughs> See, that's weird because I don't like her either. I'm not. I've never been a fan of Jada Pickett Smith, and but this, I, I almost like her a little more because I hate her character so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like her she's, character, oh, her, she's doing a great Eartha Kitt impression. Absolutely. Her character is so hammy and so over the top. Yeah. That I mean, at first you're what when you're watching it, you're like, uh, this is annoying me. Yeah. But then I don't know. It's like jumping into jumping into a cold swimming pool. You, you get used to it. <laughs> I don't like where her arc's going though. Like I don't like this whole. I know this prison thing. Like spoilers, yeah. people. The prison thing's weird. But if anybody didn't see the last episode, it ends with her cutting her own eye out. Uh, yeah, just to deny uh, the doll maker, which is, I mean, let's face it, that's the character that we're leading towards. Of course, right. Yeah. He's been on uh, the show already, I think, though, hasn't he? Or he's left signs or something? I'm not sure, I'm not sure. But I think he was, but either way, but yeah. But yeah, I, just to deny him the chance of having her eyeball, she digs it out herself with a spoon, and then steps on it. Hooray! Now, I was just happy to see Jeffrey Coombs on TV again. You know, I love that guy. But uh, the show is getting weirder and crazier. It's it, they definitely. I think they definitely have a vision of you know their version of Gotham, and I think it's I, I think it's well thought out. Oh, and absolutely! I'm excited to see where things are going. Now, Jeffrey Coombs, he was the the manager guy. Uh, yeah, he managed hospital, and he's. I mean, he. I know the name. What do I know him from? From every variation of uh, of Star Trek, starting with Next Generation. Oh. On Deep Space Nine, he played the Wayunes for the Dominion. Okay. And I say the Wayunes because I mean it was he, he played each clone of Wayun. Right. And uh, was he the strategist he, as well? He did. A, he did a lot of. He did a lot of uh, of Ferengi characters. That's why I didn't recognize him, but I know the name though, is because he's usually. Yeah, and on Enterprise, he played the. Uh, he, he did a Ferengi character on Enterprise, but he also played the recurring role of the uh, the Andorian captain. Right, 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 right. Yeah, um, love him. I think he's. I think he's great. It's a great cast all around. Yeah, like, fantastic uh, people. Even the guy coming in playing, I guess. I don't know if it's meant to be Bane, but Mr. Bane. I don't know. I don't know. Now, here's the thing from the last episode. Barbara Keene. Yes. Uh, who will, of course, as we know, eventually become Barbara Gordon, mother. Yeah. Maybe. Well, you know, they don't I, have to. I, I, hope to, I hope the hell he's not going to end up with another chick named Barbara. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So she walks back into her apartment after her, uh, you know, lost weekend away. Well, more than a weekend, but she she takes off with her former girlfriend, gets into pills and booze, and 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 uh, and re-explores her bisexuality. Apparently, yes. <laughs> then she decides she's going to come home. She comes home. There's these two urchins. <laughs> fouling her living room. Just like, how are you? 
And she's like, yeah, let's have a dress-up party. <laughs> yeah, she, she kind, of, kind of got creepy, like she was coming on to young Selena there. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly where I'm going with this. Yeah, I'm watching her. She tries to touch Selena's face. She's complimenting her on how beautiful she is. She's pulling you, a John Travolta yeah. on the girl. Yeah, use your beauty as power. Here, let's try on this dress. Walkity, walkity. It's, it's like, okay, whoa, hey, if you were a school teacher, you'd be in jail right now. You know? <laughs> she is, she's putting the moves on a 13 year old. So apparently, Barbara Keene is an assistant football coach at Penn State. <laughs> so. I don't understand how that show ended up on Fox. Because now, now Fox has a piece of Marvel and DC. Yeah. To the point where that the what is it, Marissa or Marina, Bakarin, the the. Oh, uh, Leslie uh, Tompkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. been cast in the Deadpool movie. Yeah. So she's going to be the only actress ever at one point playing both a DC character and a Marvel character. Lies. Why? Who? At the same moment. Ryan. Oh, I don't know about the same moment, but Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, but that's... Uh, Mike Reynolds is Deadpool and Green Lantern. Yeah, that was the closest one, absolutely. But she's going to be... These are going to be two products that are being aired at the same time. Yeah, well... I'm, it's still pretty hardcore, I thought. Does anybody care? Hey, man, the Human Torch is Captain America. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Who ever thought that would have turned out like it did? But uh, yeah. in more exciting casting news, Mr. Momoa, what do you think of the Aquaman? I don't. You don't? That's so sad because he's badass looking. Are you kidding? It's not that he's not badass looking, but here's – okay. Batman versus Superman is going to continue my opinion – Carry over my opinion from Man of Steel, right. which is great movie, bad Superman movie. Man of Steel was a great, a very entertaining film. I think it was a horrible Superman movie. Right. In okay. Your opinion. <laughs> I think, in, of course, everything is in your, your opinion. opinion. You know, your but own opinion. In, in um, the, we've talked uh, about this before, and one cool thing is that a few, just a few of the things uh, I have heard you have issue or you know contemplate in the past are things that I've actually heard Zack Snyder address as improvements that he does Zach wish to make. Snyder. So that's uh, that's. I say his name with all due derision. Uh, <laughs> no, listen. Could end up to get be me feisty. <laughs> I'm sure it'll end up to be a very visually stunning film, uh, but uh, is it going to be something that I say, "Oh my God, you have to see this"? Uh, you know, the 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 Star Trek films, the the J.J. Abrams Star Trek films, right? Visually stunning. A few really fun moments. But are they great Star Trek movies? Well, what could he have done to make them more Star Trek then? He could have made them more Star Trek. By, and by, <laughs> what do you mean? More just like straight up shots of the bridge? Like, I don't like, oh, you know no. what I mean? Like, first of all, first of all, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek bridge is ass. 
it's because when that ship starts to rock and roll back and forth, I really hope there's a big sheet of clear glass that I can fall through. It's it's, (laughs) it is very laboratory esque in a way for sure. Well, it it certainly does help with the JJ Abrams lens. So what do you do though? Do you stick with the old design or do you kind of, are you saying find it in between? Listen, look, that movie wasn't made for me, okay? As much as you... That movie was made to bring Star Trek to a new audience. Yes. Now, they know that they're going to get the old audience. They're going to get the hardcore audience that comes, and it's Star Trek, and as soon as you say Star Trek, I have a pup tent, and I'm putting it outside of the theater, and I'm waiting for tickets to go on sale. That kind of... There's going to be those people. Right. There's gonna, there's gonna, but the whole point of giving that franchise to J.J. Abrams for two films was to update it to bring a new audience because right. the old audience is dying off. Right? The reason it, it it didn't it died off as a television property, and it sat fallow for not very long, but for a couple of years, they. As they see the television product waning, they've got this property. They know it's worth a billion dollars potentially, but what do you do with it? So bring in J.J. Abrams to re-cobble the pieces together and create something familiar but new and bring in a new audience, get a new audience excited about it. Right. Well, it's kind of funny that he was hired to do Star Wars to do the opposite. He was almost hired to do the Star Wars to bring the old audience back. <laughs> well, <laughs> but there, there was a lot of people that would have faced the same thing when they did Next Generation. I mean, I, that was a little closer because it was Roddenberry himself uh, still at the helm. But I'm sure there were a lot of people with the same thing. Like, you know, sure, Next Generation is a great show, but it's not my Star Trek, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. But, you know, you you. You can't just you can't just rehash and expect people to uh, expect new audiences to, to, to get excited. Expect the old audience to stay excited. the 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 thing with the thing with Abrams and Star Wars is that the uh, the, the prequel trilogy is so awful. Come on now, slow down. No, 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 no. Awful? No. I wouldn't say so awful. <laughs> I'll give you but, awful. But I would and I did. The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clowns. Is it Clowns? <laughs> is it Clowns? Okay, yes, uh, they're horrible movies, but you have to admit there are some... What's the third one called? Jar- I think the third one's called Jar Jar Stinks. There's some genius ideas in those fucking movies, okay? Some genius ideas. But hey, what did we start? What did I say earlier? There were some genius ideas in Battlestar Galactica, in the reboot of Battlestar Galactica, and it went nowhere. The genius ideas in uh, in, the, in in the prequel trilogy for Star Wars, there were also some stinkers. Oh yeah, like, for sure. Like Georgia. like <laughs> like chlorians. Yeah, that was silly. The Force. As we knew from, you know, the mid-70s was this mystic energy that surrounds us and penetrates us and binds the universe together. Yeah. Oh, but it has to do 
with shit in your bloodstream. Yeah, all of a sudden, it's a living organism. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been neat if somebody else had made the prequels, maybe. Eh? Well, I like, mean... Like, prequels in themselves were a good idea. I mean, ever since, like, in the early 90s, when the Clone Wars were first written about, after people hearing that line in the first movie about the Clone Wars, yeah. people always wondered, what were the Clone Wars? There was yeah. a huge mystery about it, right? But, uh, let's face it. George Lucas made two great movies. <laughs> okay? George Lucas has made two great movies, and the rest of his career has been relative. Really didn't like Jedi that much? The more I want... Listen, I'd rather watch... I'd rather watch bad Star Wars than good almost anything else. I'd rather watch bad Star Wars than good Twilight. Ooh, of course. Okay? Well, yeah. <laughs> Wipe my ass with that shit. <laughs> Wipe my ass with shit. Um, but George Lucas has ma George Lucas made two really excellent movies and No, he did it because he didn't make Empire. He, well, I guess you could say he made it, but I mean, he wasn't, he didn't direct that movie. Empire turned out as well as it did. Kirshner. Yeah, because of Kirshner. But still, it's, you know, it's his story, right? True, yeah. So there's two good, there's two good, well, if, if, so listen, if I'm going to follow your logic, George Lucas made one good movie. Yes. <laughs> but George Lucas is, re let's just say, George Lucas is responsible for two really fantastic movies. Okay. Um, uh, a decent third one. Uh, you could maybe throw in THX 1138 if you want to be highfalutin. Well, you uh, could also, you could throw your indies in there too. I mean, the first. Oh my God. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's Lucas and Spielberg together. So basically, what happened to him, you think? You think he just got old and sucks now? I just, I just, maybe he just had the one good idea. <laughs> I guess so, eh? And it just happened to be a $4 billion dollar idea. And, and, and the rest of it was just being really smart about uh, developing technology and, uh, and keeping merchandise right. Yeah, yeah. You know? But... The the prequel trilogies were all him, and they were and they were ass, uh, complete ass, and um, uh, what's happening now? I mean, thank God he sold to Disney. I know we were all up in arms when it happened, but thank God he sold to Disney because. You know, I don't think there actually was a lot of up in arms. If I remember correctly, a lot of people were actually quite pleased. Oh my about god, that. freaked out because oh my, there's gonna be Mickey Mouse in the. That was just an That was an idiotic initial reaction, but from the people yeah. that I had podcasts with, because we did actually did uh, a Points of Interest Podcast Network emergency podcast that day emergency we did an emergency podcast and i got together a bunch of the guys from the network and we podcasted about it and the initial reaction was better probably better in their hands than george lucas's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. it's great that you built this this fast car mr ferrari but uh, you're a drunk and we're taking the keys away from you uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's I'm, not I'm, like okay, like also like like he's he's got these crazy stories in his head because even if you take the prequels 
and whether they be shitty movies or not, those are stories are. that those are the the overall arc. Like maybe if you want to take out crappy like Federation politics stuff or whatever, the overall over arc of the Darth Vader saga, even the prequels, is a cool story. Okay, but here's the problem. He had a great idea. Executed poorly. Executed incredibly poorly. Right. Because there's nothing kids love more than an action movie bogged down with Senate procedures. Uh, <laughs> and his casting was awful. Hayden Christensen, name me another movie he's been in since. Well. Right. That's done well. And you, know, and you want to know why? He is so wooden that he makes Keanu Reeves look like Robin Williams. Ah, <laughs> uh, quote of the show right there. He... <laughs> you got to be wooded when you're getting that kind of comparison. Oh, my God. I mean, if he stands in the park, dogs piss on his leg. He's a tree. <laughs> He's a tree. He's awful, and that's why he's gone away. I mean, uh, the, the the kid who played Anakin in the first movie did he? Did George Lucas set out to make Anakin Skywalker look like an emotionless douche? Is that the whole point? Yeah, he because used to describe him as James Dean in his head. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. off, because yeah. Jake Lloyd. And Jake Lloyd grew up ugly, too. Uh, and he Jake grew up bitter, does... too. Like, Star Wars ruined my life. Star Wars ruined my life? You helped ruin Star Wars. <laughs> you, can't, you can't blame a 10-year-old, though. Absolutely you can. You know, you can blame the guy who put the 10-year-old... 10 minutes ago that I hate children. I wish <laughs> death... I openly wish death on three kids in front of 250, 300 people. <laughs> Just Saturday night. Ah, uh, beautiful. <laughs> Jake Lloyd. Yeah, I Jake. met him. I met him. I got his... Fred Savage. Fred Savage? What's... What? What? <laughs> I mean, world. I don't know. What, uh... Where what, the hell are you pulling Fred Savage into this I don't know. Movie? It was just a kid actor's name that I thought... He's actually got a viable career at the moment, I believe. <laughs> Fred Savage? Yeah, he directs a lot of, like, TV and shit. Okay. A lot uh, of your favorite sitcoms, Anthony. <laughs> Alright, what was the name of the kid from Malcolm in the Middle? Let's pick on him. Awful. Anyways. No, I'm I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to the third trilogy. Um I think that if I think that if Abrams can uh keep his lens flares under control that uh that he's going to do a much better job with Star Wars than he did with Star Trek. I agree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think with Star Trek, he was taking, he was in, and I'm willing to give him more leeway. I think he was taking um, a very, very specific group of characters and trying to meddle with them. I think with, uh, I think with Star Wars, he has the opportunity to. Um, He's doing something very new. I mean, these are the something new. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I mean you. You've got the core group of characters, Han, Leia, and Luke, right? I mean, you know, those characters are coming back, but they're introducing a new slate of characters to tell this story with as well. And 
I really can't see him screwing up the existing characters the way I thought he kind of did with. And, with and they're not—they're not, not going to be as integral. Well, I shouldn't say integral, but is, I should say involved, as one may think. I think because JJ recently confirmed that some of the rumors are true. He said he, he was going on about how he hates rumors and this and that, and he's like, I, I, he hears it all. Some things are true and some aren't. And uh, one of the ones that people are really speculating might be true is that Han doesn't make it past the first movie, and, oh, yeah. that, and that Han will will uh, he'll you know it'll be some sort of like Obi Wan esque sacrifice, yeah, you know to let the kids get away to find Luke I, or I some kind of shit. That. I could see that, and and I could see that not not necessarily from. Uh, ha- as having come from the story side of things, I can see that as having come from the Harrison Ford side of things. Oh, yeah, he wanted to kill hey, on... Hey, I'm yeah. 70, and I'll do one more, and then... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it kind of reminds me of um, Bruno San Martino. Uh, I remember being on a show in Pittsburgh with Bruno San Martino, like, oh, it's almost 10 years ago now, and... Uh, they wanted to present him with an award and, and introduce him to the crowd and blah, blah, blah. And uh, the promoter went to him and, and suggested something about having uh, one of the wrestlers come out and maybe insult him and Bruno, you know, throw a punch, knock him out or something. And Bruno said, uh, you know, hey, I'm, I'm in my 70s. Who the hell's going to believe that I'm going to knock this young kid out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so they didn't do it. And at a certain point, Science fiction or not, Han's getting up there. Oh, yeah, man. He's getting it, up there in years. Absolutely. Taking it all the way back around to the Jason Momoa thing, though. Yeah. It's, uh, I just didn't want to express for a moment my excitement over the situation. Um, that's, that's, that's too bad. Well, I think, A, he looks <laughs> great. I'm glad that they fa- they're finding a way to do Aquaman that is at yeah. least cool yet kind of has – influences from certain variations of time periods of the character you know what i mean like there were times that aquaman had his beard and it makes more sense the whole polynesian thing and i wonder if uh, you saw the picture right you've seen what it looks like and you know how it says unite the seven on it yeah i am curious does unite the seven refer to yes or does it also refer to the seven seas yeah and or could it refer to both being a double entendre? Yeah. You know, I think, uh, it's, I think it's completely about, I think it's completely about the justice league. It's, you know, what's really is you got to admit what's fun about this justice league thing. That's that DC does get to kind of do a little different here. Warner brothers is doing all these characters at once. Like as far as like Avengers coming, everybody was super stoked and excited, but there was nothing, in the Avengers we hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm pretty sure. I don't think there were any characters in the Avengers we hadn't seen before the Avengers, right? Well, yeah, and I mean, that's that's a major part of the problem with uh, DC's uh, television and film forays is there is no grand unifying theory. You know, with Marvel, you have... Why does there have to be, though? I mean, Marvel has this grand unifying theory that their television shows suck. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm sorry. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is meh. That's a meh fucking show. Yeah, listen, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is slightly above meh for me. Um, Agent Carter, I didn't even finish watching the first episode. 
Yeah, me neither. I'm not interested. Me neither. Okay. Now, I wish to God it were April 10th because I really want to see Daredevil. I hope I, it's good. But but the the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is incredibly well put together and incredibly well organized. It's easy when you and, make the same movie six times, though. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, there is a distinct Marvel formula now. Hero down on his luck. Something good happens. He's got to fucking, you know, fix the bad shit he used to do, and now he's a hero. That is every fucking Marvel movie. <sighs> you know? Like, <laughs> I, I, I was thrilled that Guardians of the Galaxy finally kind of broke that mold, even though they did the same thing. They were all criminals in the beginning. They all had to deal with their past. They all come together to fight a big fucking evil that makes them heroes, and that's what happens. Uh-huh. At least it was. At least the characters were a little more interesting, you know. Like I did, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. Guardians of the Galaxy, I thought was was genius. But I have no desire for Ant Man or Black Panther or Thor three or fucking whatever's fucking coming, you know. Wow, we're we're not friends anymore. I'm sorry, I just I, we're done. We're done. I was really turned off that I don't get to see what Edgar Wright wanted to do with Ant Man. Next, you're going to tell me your favorite Star Trek is Voyager. <laughs> John, you and I, this is... Thanks wouldn't for you having have liked to have show. <laughs> wouldn't you have liked to have show all these times. It's been good knowing you, buddy. Wouldn't you have liked to have seen Edgar Wright's Ant-Man? Yeah, absolutely. And I, don't, and I think the only reason that we're not going to is because Marvel was like, fuck you, do it this way. This is the way we make these movies. This is our formula that John Favreau came up with. Stick with it. Are you saying that a comic book... give you Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier was pretty fucking brilliant. Are you saying that a comic book company exercised too much editorial control over its creators? (laughs) Mind blown! I've never heard that before from a dozen different people on contract to various companies. Boom! Just wow! Uh, I, you know, I'm sorry. It's a shame. I like the fact that Warner Brothers has been like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing, Christopher Nolan. Please help us. And him going, nah, I'm done with that. I'm a little too busy. I'll help you out a little. But uh, hey, here, Zack Zach hey, Snyder will handle it. Hey, Christopher <laughs> Nolan was done with that shit after Dark Knight. That's and what I'm saying. Proof, and the proof of that is the third movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay? That, thir- that third movie is is a uh, mildly better Spider-Man 3. It's really bad. It's I've awesome. never seen it. The plot holes, I've, there's... The single best there, thing, the single best holes. thing about the third Batman movie is the parody video online of uh, Bane. Have you seen the... No. The, the Bane speech where they, they redub all of Bane's lines so that he's talking about nutrition and colon health. What? <laughs> I'll send you the link. It's on YouTube. Right. There's a fantastic parody <laughs> video that came out just after the movie. And the uh, part of it is uh, Bane at the football field rapping. Right Bane, Bane, dema- Bane says that he is the uh, the greatest rapper of all time. Nobody can beat him in a freestyle rap. Hold on. <laughs> You want? It, look, I think if I play this, you can get the audio. Do you want to hear this? 
if you can if you can make it play sure okay we might edit this out but let's see if this works DJ drop a beat can you hear that yeah yeah okay now I can't. Now I can't. Now it's yeah, that's, that's my name. You hear the name, man? I it's Bane. It's Bane's voice, right? right? So I mean, but it's 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 a it's a fantastic parody video of uh, Bane at the it's basically you know Heinz Field in Pittsburgh uh, subbing his yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and, and he's uh, he's he's doing a freestyle rap and uh, he <laughs> he he challenges anybody in the crowd to uh, to to come back at him and somebody in the crowd uh, screams you suck Bane and he's like who said that and then orders everybody in the crowd murdered. <laughs> it's nice. That's that's the, the whole. That's like that's like I'm I'm willing to accept uh, Iggy Azalea's entire horrible music career just so that uh, Weird Al could do the parody of the one song. Yeah, that was good times. <laughs> <laughs> he had a good year, didn't he? <laughs> yes, he did. Weird Al had a great year. All right, let's end it on that note then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've reached our hour. We've reached our hour. Now we have to go. Oh. Now it's time to to go and and continue to contemplate your navel rather than making comic books. Well, no, it's Wednesday, so uh, it's time to uh, time to head to the Silver Snail and pick up books. Thor Annual Number One is out today. Ooh, yeah. There's a few things happening that are exciting. Of course, tonight is Arrow. Uh, uh, one quick note also, I'm sure people have heard, but for the season finale of Star Wars Rebels, uh, Darth Vader returns. Uh, it has not yet been confirmed if he is going to be voiced again by James Earl Jones, who appeared earlier in the season doing a cameo. And it was really cool to hear because you could tell it wasn't like, you know, whoever does his cartoon voice. Yeah. And uh, also, same thing with Yoda. Frank Oz did a did an episode as Yoda, and you could tell it wasn't James Arnold Taylor. Like, it felt very Jedi because of the way this guy was talking. And I think uh, I think Billy D. Williams did. Uh, he did. Lando. He came back as Lando. It's a good time affair in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> I know that I know that all your dreams are coming true with J.J. Abrams making the new movies. It's... Have you Have you been reading the new Marvel uh, Star Wars comics? I have. Uh, not all Fantastic. of them. Fantastic. Uh, so far, everything I love about them except the art. Not, not, and I'm just talking the Star Wars series. I haven't read Leia yet. Uh, Vader was actually pretty good. Vader but, was great. Yeah. The, uh, so, the Star Wars one and two, the art. Cassidy. A little. Uh, it felt a little. If you're gonna go, here's the problem. If you go with photorealism, it's hard to make the expressions look good in a comic book. Is what I find. Mm. So I just, I, uh, you know, it's not horrible, but you know, it's not. It's not some of the dark horse art that I'm used to. Put it that way. Let me tell you, I I am uh, I'm happier with the two issues of Star Wars and the one issue of Darth Vader 
that have come out so far uh, than I was. I'm I'm more interested. I'm more uh, connected to them. I'm more excited about seeing more of it than any. Sorry, guys. Any of the Dark Horse stuff for the last twenty years. Really? Couldn't give a rat. <laughs> Have you read much of it though? Uh, it didn't interest me. Yeah. I read. I read the. Here's the two things that I uh, that I've, I've I read the the Star Wars ongoing series that they came out with, which ended up with like you know twenty twenty one issues, and I read uh, I read a mini series that they ju- that they just did uh, Rebel Heist, right. and it was it was meh. Um, uh, more of the older stuff like uh... some, of, some of the adaptation stuff. Like, uh, Dark Empire was great, and, uh, you know, like, the Thrawn trilogy, I have here somewhere, but I haven't read it, um, uh, the, the comic adaptation, but, it, no, all of the, you know, Red Squad, Rebel Squadron, and Red Squad, uh, all the, all the ancient Jedi crap, I, I didn't give a, I didn't give a rat's ass about any of that. Dark Horse put out a lot of stuff that I just didn't care about. Dark Horse put out the stuff that guys like me care about, where we want to hear these histories of things that happened like 40,000 years ago. And that's actually my favorite comics were the old, like, uh, how the Sith came about and how the Jedi came about, the Tales of the Jedi. There's one series called Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. uh, There's some beautiful art in that series, especially the covers. Most of the covers are actually painted. Yeah. So uh, there's some beautiful stuff. But uh, we'll have you back again another time, Anthony Rutgazer. We'll talk about this for much more time. Uh, Throw people your info, yo. Okay. On Twitter, you can find me at 16 hectares. That's the number one, the number six, and then the word hectares, H-E-C-T-A-R-E-S. You can find my website at, well, I'll tell you what, go to the 16 Hectares website, which I should update today, uh, which is all spelled out, S-I-X-T-E-E-N-H-E-C-T-A-R-E-S dot com. And uh, on Comixology, uh, look for the first hero, and that's first with a one instead of an I, because all I want to do is confuse people who want to buy my products. Uh, but the first, the, the entire first volume of the first hero is available on Comixology. Probably your quickest, easiest way to get your hands on it. And uh, oh, and that is from Action Lab, of course. Action Lab Comics, uh, which is actionlabcomics.com. And uh, prepare because the Kickstarter to support Volume Two of the First Hero. It is going to launch on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. Awesome. That is fun. If you go to anelegantweapon.ca, go to the section that says Friends to the Left, and there are also links in there that will lead to Mr. Rutgazer's Things and Such. Um, Ah, Things and Such. That's that's the store I opened across from Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, nice, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Right down from Forever Engraved. Um, Lisa, do you like stuff? <laughs> How about things? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, fucking Dirk Manning. Are you, you've you've heard this name from my show and such. Have you you're familiar with the name Dirk Manning? The porn star? No. <laughs> Dirk Manning is a writer out of Michigan. Yeah. And he writes tales of mystery and uh, nightmare world and a bunch of other stuff. And he's doing he started his Kickstarter right. 
okay. for Tales of Mystery Volume 2. And he was looking for an initial funding of $4,500, I believe. Or no, no, it was $6,666. That was, that was, (laughs) yeah, that's, that's always his number, right? And uh, so he picked that. He got, that was funded in eight hours. Holy crud. Yeah. Now, uh, I think we're three weeks later. I think there's nine days left in the campaign. And he has reached his sixth stretch goal and has surpassed 20,000. Wow. Yeah, that is fucking balls-ass fucking crazy. But he is, he's an exceptional talent. He's a fantastic guy, too. So, uh, you know, shout-outs to him for doing that. Also, Sean Daly, local Toronto artist. Uh, he, I believe he's reached his fourth stretch goal after he reached his 4,500 goal in 25 hours. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got some talent. So you better not disappoint, Anthony. You better no, have a no, kick-ass I, Kickstarter here. We got you. Got to keep my reputation rolling. I'm looking at the Tales of Mystery Kickstarter right now. Yeah, the goal six thousand six hundred sixty-six dollars, and with six days to go, how appropriate. He has <laughs> now he has now reached fifteen thousand seven hundred sixty-nine dollars. Okay, I was a little that's, high, but that's am- That's still that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh... You know, it's uh, it's cool stuff. He was on, uh, I think, uh, what was it, ah, a couple episodes ago. But check that out, kids. He was on very, very recently, two or three episodes ago. And we had a fantastic conversation yeah. just about horror and writing and the art of writing. And he actually wrote a book called uh, Right or Wrong, uh, How to Draw Com- or How to Write Comic Books. And uh, it's a really fantastic, popular book. So check that out, kids. And as Anthony <laughs> just said, his Kickstarter is coming soon. What's that? I said, good for you, Dirk. Keep things going, man. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, any last moment thoughts you'd like to express? Um, no. <laughs> In that case, that's all <laughs> we're going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon, kids. Take it easy. <laughs> Bye.